Hello and welcome to the Reorg Europe podcast. It's Thursday, March the 11th. I'm Richard Woolley, editor in Reorg's London office, and these are the biggest stories of the week. Greensill Capital, a UK provider of working capital finance, made headlines earlier in the month when Credit Suisse froze about $10 billion in funds that were mostly linked to Greensill sourced securities. Credit Suisse said that it had suspended the redemptions and subscriptions in its supply chain finance funds to, quote, protect the interests of all investors, and added that a certain part of the assets is currently subject to considerable uncertainties with respect to their accurate valuation. Anyone who's had half an eye on the financial pages will have seen the global avalanche of coverage that followed over the succeeding days. And on Monday, directors of Greensill Capital UK Limited and Greensill Capital Management Company UK Limited applied to the English High Court for the appointment of administrators. Senior legal analyst Shan Qureshi was following the hearing. Thanks, Richard. So there's two relevant Greensill entities, and those are Greensill Capital UK Limited and Greensill Capital Management Company UK Limited. Now, the first company, which I refer to as GCUK, is essentially in a range of trade finance, and the business essentially involves the sale and purchase of receivables owning by companies to their suppliers. And GCMC, as the second company I mentioned, is a service company which essentially provides employees to the first company. Now, GCUK has effectively ceased trading and its loan facilities have been accelerated. The lenders have started to take enforcement action against GCUK's assets. On the 1st of March, GCUK lost the benefit of a $4.1 billion credit insurance, which had previously provided protection against risk of non-payment by non-investment grade debtors under its financing programmes. This week, earlier on Monday, following a hearing before the English High Court, the group made an application to appoint administrators and the judge, who was Justice Green, was satisfied that Grant Thornton could be appointed. The company's directors were of the view that it's necessary for the company to enter into an orderly insolvency proceeding as soon as possible and that an administration would provide the group's creditors with a better outcome than a liquidation could. Okay, so maybe first, could you talk us through... uh what the group's debt structure looked like before it made the application. And um, secondly, I mean, I understand some of the debt's been accelerated. Is that debt secured? So GCUK has the following financial indebtedness. Firstly, it's a guarantor of certain loans borrowed by Greensill PTY from Credit Suisse and from uh, from Peter Greensill family. Secondly, it's party to a $140 million term loan facility, with a maturity date of October the 19th of this year. Now, the Credit Suisse facility is guaranteed by GCUK, among others, and is secured by a floating charge over the credit balance of a specific bank account, and also over certain receivables but beneficially owned by GCUK. In addition, Credit Suisse holds security over the share capital of GCUK. Now, according to the skeleton argument filed with its administration application on Monday, GCUK also owns valuable assets which are not secured in favour of Credit Suisse. In particular, the intellectual property of GCUK and the IT systems of GCUK, which comprise essentially its fintech business, are not the subject of any security. Now, the skeleton argument also explains that Credit Suisse does not hold any security over the assets of GCMC. There's a further facility with Greensill PTY's borrower and uh, PGFT as a lender, containing a $60 million term loan facility. Now, PGFT is the Peter Greensill family uh, entity. That, that uh, facility has a contractual maturity date of October 19th. Now, the PGFT facility is contractually subordinated to the Credit Suisse facility and is guaranteed by GCUK, among others. 
The PGFT facility is secured by a second-ranking floating charge over certain receivables beneficially owned by GCUK. As I mentioned, the Credit Suisse debt has been accelerated. What actions have uh, Grant Thornton, the administrators, taken so far? Have any deals uh, with the group's assets been arranged, for instance? So the intellectual property of GCUK and its IT systems, which, as I explained, are not part of the security for the Credit Suisse loan, Grant Thornton, as the proposed administrator, has negotiated a sale of these systems to a third-party purchaser, which it has intended to complete as soon as possible. The third-party purchaser was Apollo, and Apollo had made an offer to acquire the company's intellectual property and IT systems and to also take the majority of GCMC's employees. Now, that offer includes a large element of cash consideration, with $57.3 million to be allocated to GCUK and $2.3 million to be allocated to GCMC. However, recent reports have suggested that that offer has now fallen through, so the group may need to work with administrators to find another buyer for some of its assets. Another topical name in our coverage is German fashion retailer Taco. We recently saw the group's bonds drop by a few points to the low to mid-80s, after the retailer announced that talks for a 60 million euro state guaranteed loan have failed. Senior reporter Aurelia Siedelhofer has been following the company and I asked her for some background on why it needs additional liquidity. So Taco sells affordable clothes for men, women and children, mostly in Germany, but also in the Netherlands, Austria, Poland and a few other European countries. The shops are typically not located on the high street in the cities, but they're fairly large shops in out-of-town retail parks and they're often next to supermarkets. The company doesn't generate much of its revenue from e-commerce, which is probably because it doesn't match very well with the business model. People typically go and shop there out of convenience after they've done their grocery shopping, for example. So obviously the COVID-19 related store closures, especially in the home market Germany, hit the company very hard. It told investors that it had about 130 million of liquidity before the national lockdown in Germany, which began in mid-December 2020. And the company's burnt through all that liquidity up to now? Yes, they actually told investors on March 1st that they would run out of liquidity this week. But because Germany and some other countries allowed the company to reopen some stores, liquidity has improved. Previously, the company said there would be a peak liquidity shortfall of about 58 million by April 1st, but that could be much lower now. They still need some additional money, but it is currently unclear how much. The forecast shortfall was the reason for the application for the 60 million state guaranteed loan from one of the federal states of Germany, North Rhine-Westphalia. So why was that rejected? Well, the company said the conditions for the guarantee cannot be fulfilled. We can only speculate what that may have been. TACO is owned by a private equity company, which can make it more difficult to receive state-guaranteed loans, despite the sponsor Apex having been prepared to make an equity injection of $15 million in this case. Perhaps the state also asked for the loan to be on a super-senior basis, and the company, we estimate that it only has about $23 million of capacity in its basket for super-senior debt, or there were other conditions attached that would have required the consent from creditors which could have been difficult to secure. So that could be one of the reasons. North Rhine-Westphalia said in a statement that the state guaranteed loans cannot be used for consulting fees and interest rate payments. So perhaps there was an issue related to that too. 
So where can this money come from then? And does the company have the kind of capacity in its debt basket so that it won't have to ask creditors for consent? Well, TACO has already said it is exploring other options to secure additional funding, which includes existing creditors. That could be the holders of the about 500 million bond debt due 2023. There is a group of note holders which is talking to the company. Otherwise, the sponsor Apex could also provide the money as equity or debt. We think debt capacity is unlikely to be a problem at this point. The company could incur about 45 million debt pari pursuit of the bonds under the general basket and about 23 million super senior debt. This should be sufficient for the likely new money requirement. Now, you could argue that the bonds have been holding up pretty well under the circumstances. You know, they're in the low to mid 80s. Uh, last May, June time, uh, they were down around 30 uh, and the situation was, was similar in some respects. You know, the group's liquidity was under pressure due to COVID-19 and, and uh, store closures. Uh, the group then, you know, back then applied and, and failed to get a state guaranteed loan and, and it was, you know, briefly considering a, a debt for equity swap with new liquidity provided by bondholders. What's the difference this time around? I think the key difference is that after the stores reopened, Taco's business recovered very strongly back in the summer. This also pulled the company back from a potential debt for equity swap or insolvency at the time. In the end, the company didn't even need any additional funding back then. I think this time around, investors are very confident that the business model works and that there's a clear demand for the product. In some ways, Taco is very well positioned for the post-COVID environment. The stores are large and roomy, which makes social distancing easier, and the shops are located next to essential retail, which should draw customers who are trying to avoid crowded city centres, perhaps. Additionally, the clothes are affordable, so in a recession environment, this would be a draw for customers. Neither the sponsor nor investors, such as bondholders, would be interested in letting go of the business for what in the grand scheme of things is a relatively small new money requirement, based on the fact, of course, if the stores are going to reopen relatively soon. And what's the latest on trading levels and the the scope for uh, stores in in countries where TACO is operating to reopen? Well, for obvious reasons, net sales in January collapsed to only 30 million compared with about 73 million in December. And the group's adjusted EBITDA was negative 21 million in January. All shops in Germany have reopened, but the problem is that most of them operate an appointment system where customers need to book ahead. And there are also strict limits on how many people are allowed in the store. So it's not clear how many customers will take advantage of it. Some federal states in Germany have lighter restrictions, and it is expected that other states will follow. So depending on how infections develop, it won't be too much longer until stores operate close to normal. As always, you can find out more about all of the situations mentioned in our podcasts on the website reorg.com. We'll be back in two weeks with another Reorg Europe podcast, but until then, stay safe and thank you very much for listening.